glad you're here. Welcome to Pegging Paradise podcast number 286, the last podcast of 2021, changing the world one ass at a time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcasts is to spread the word about pegging, correct common myths and misconceptions, and encourage folks to explore new sexual territory. Let go of the shame and spread those cheeks. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. If you'd like to support this mission, please become a patron of my work. There are rewards that come with being a patron. Just click the red donations button to find out more. You can also support my work by shopping at EnticeMe.com, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to EnticeMe and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction, including some of the best pegging equipment available. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER. That's R-Y-D-E-R. Hey, everybody, let's catch you up on what's been happening since my last podcast. Movember was a success. <laughs> I hit my $1,000 goal. As a matter of fact, I think I topped out at 1260 some right around there. So thank you all so much for your donations. And yes, that promise that I made everybody has been fulfilled. More pictures of the Tatas, not just the Tatas, my bodacious Tatas. <laughs> A little more bodacious than usual because of the weight gain over the pandemic. <laughs> Staying home, eating for gratification, you know how it goes. <laughs> anyway, there'll be a link in the show notes to take you directly to that post. Or I did post everywhere on, you know, social media as well. If you follow me on social media, that particular post of all kinds of pictures of the Tatas, including dressed up and undressed. So once again, thank you so much. The Movember Foundation is doing incredible work. I really appreciate your supporting that foundation through my fundraiser. I also wanted to let you know that I wrote an article recently called The Stigma of Big Toys. And part of the reason I wrote that is because not only is there a stigma of men receiving anal play, but when men really start to enjoy this anal play and decide that they want to explore either wider or deeper or both toy exploration, there's also a stigma with that. And it's this really kind of weird thing of big toy stigma, guys playing with big toys in their asses. And I don't know, for some reason, it reminds me of the stigma of a really sexually active woman. There's this sort of, oh, you know, uh, reaction, this knee-jerk thing, which is such bullshit, because I truly believe that the men that have decided to do this type of exploration kind of like have a graduate degree in their asses, right? <laughs> That's how I look at it. So that link will be in the show notes as well to take you to that article. Please peruse it if it calls to you. And now let's jump into your letters. This is a comment I got from podcast number 279 in which I did talk about difficulties with erections that come with age and also the undue emphasis on erections, period, as a measure of masculinity, attraction, general worth as a partner and all that bullshit. So this is a comment on that. This touched on so many things close to home for me. 
It doesn't have to be age-related. For some of us, things stopped working the way expected back in our early 20s. The problems for us guys who have lived like this in finding someone include gender expectations, gender roles, gender performance, creativity, etc. Your podcast talks about the alternative ways to have sex. Thank you, by the way, including pegging and many other wonderful ways, but the expectation to still have a functioning male part, which in some of our cases no pill will fix, is quite sad. As I have been told in so many ways, There is nothing like the throbbing warmth of a guy's member to let me know how much he desires me. Makes it not so surprising that offers of the man using a strap-on with the woman are met with cricket sounds. In terms of how to find a partner, I don't know. Mainstream dating, and also those purporting to be related to our favorite topic, pegging, are all geared toward the standard biases for gender performance and expectations. Making something purely alternative in terms of pleasuring someone and being pleased, quite hard to achieve. There's even a very recurring theme of a guy who is into alternative pleasuring with sex must also be subservient. Quote, I am a dom and you will do what I say, end quote. The mainstream reinforces the very things you are trying to avoid in finding someone. What really needs to exist is a simple way for those who do not meet the norms imposed on us to find each other. The mainstream and so-called fringe dating alongside of it certainly aren't it. Ooh, I hear you on that one. I totally hear you on that one because my challenge in finding dating partners, of course, revolves around the whole thing of pegging. And it's enough of a niche thing that it's difficult to find a partner because if somebody doesn't want to do pegging with me, then I'm not interested in having them as a partner uh, other than a friendship, perhaps. But, you know, when something doesn't work, that puts a different feel to it, I'm quite sure. And I hear that loud and clear. I remember reading, um, I come across reading sometimes on FetLife about different things and I recall... And I recall coming across one uh, that a woman wrote saying, you know, my last two partners, there there have been no erections, there have been no penetrations, and I've been the happiest I've ever been. So we're out there, but I agree that there are absolutely no good ways to find each other. It's difficult. It's difficult partly for the reasons of uh, alternative versus vanilla. There's that balance to strike in a dating site. And with dating sites, period, no matter what section of society they are serving, whether it's vanilla or kink or somewhere in between or alternative relationship structures, the challenges faced by dating sites include the fake people, the scammers, the meat market situation, which discourages a lot of participants because they just get harangued. So there's a lot of challenges with dating sites. And that combined with trying to match people up that have really specific needs and wants and abilities and lack of abilities. You know, there is so much there that I'm not surprised. But I think FetLife is okay for stuff like that simply because they have groups of people that talk about these things. I'm not talking about finding people, but I am talking about at least being able to talk with like-minded people about the difficulties that you have, the solutions that other people might have found, all kinds of different things. And I feel for you guys. I really do. I'm doing the best I can. Every single webinar I teach, 
I have my little rant about erections because one of the things I teach about in the beginner's pegging webinar is that erections are not necessary. As a matter of fact, sometimes don't happen. A lot of times don't happen. Women have been trained to look for erections as a sign that their partner's having a good time. And that totally doesn't apply during pegging because sometimes prostate stimulation just simply sort of short circuits the erection capabilities. Sometimes they come and go, sometimes they're not there and you couldn't get harder if your life depended on it. And it's all okay. If you really want to know if your partner's having a good time, you use your words and ask them, imagine that. <laughs> but above and beyond the whole pegging situation and prostate stimulation, this emphasis on erections as a measure of all of these different things. You don't want to fuck me. You're not attracted to me. You don't think I'm beautiful. You're not horny for me. What's wrong with you? You know, oh my God, I totally feel for you guys. Erections are fickle. They come and go. And for some of you, they don't come at all. So if anybody has any suggestions about support groups, uh, different things that we haven't thought of, solutions, ideas, creative responses, uh, how to talk to your partners about it, prospective partners, any of that. I welcome all of it and I will happily share it with my listeners. Thank you so much for writing in and for the comments, sir. I appreciate you sending it in. Now what I have is a much, much delayed pegging celebration time. So this dates way back to earlier this year. As you may or may not recall, I was on the show Cheating on Fear, the podcast with Dante and Beatrice, and it was on May 26th of this year. Exactly one month after that, I received a private message on Instagram that said this, and it truly was exactly one month. It was May 26th that I did the show, and it was June 26th that I received this message from Beatrice. Good morning, Ruby. I'm incredibly pleased to report that we need the music, and then there's three smiley faces with heart eyes. Thanks to your expert advice, I fucked Dante real good this morning, and then there's a heart. <laughs> So there you go. And I congratulate you both. A month later, after you posted it up the podcast that had the interview with me, which I really enjoyed, you two did the deed. Oh my gosh, congratulations. And you know, six months from now, in six months, almost exactly, because today's the 29th when I'm recording this, it will be Dante's pegging birthday. You guys might want to put that on the calendar. <laughs> I'm so happy for you both. And I'm curious if this has continued. I am. And uh, uh, although I always love more information, this is a perfect example of when I say, if you just want to write me and say, play the music, you totally can. I don't need a zillion details. I'm curious about the details, <laughs> but I don't have to have them. I will happily play the music for you. <laughs> Congratulations to Beatrice and Dante of the Cheating on Fear podcast. <laughs>
Here's my next message. I'm 67 and always thought that I was missing out, not exploring this avenue. I have an enthusiastic partner, but I am six years past a bout of prostate cancer. After radiation treatments, I'm happy to say I'm cancer-free and have returned to an active sex life. My erections are not as hard as before, but I'm older too. But it all works great, except I don't come like before. There's no money shot, but it's still great. What I'm getting at is, is this something I should be pursuing or am I wasting my time? My wife is dying to fuck me like the whore I am, laugh out loud. (laughs) So that last sentence there, sir, (laughs) kind of gives it all away. (laughs) She wants to fuck you like the whore you are. So I don't see any reason why you shouldn't at least explore this avenue. Who knows, you might discover that there's quite a bit of pleasure to be had. And if you don't explore it, you'll never know. So I think that's a really easy answer to your message. (laughs) Plus, your wife is dying to fuck you. (laughs) How many guys can say that? (laughs) Let us know how it goes and thank you for the message. (laughs) Here's my next letter. This is from Nicholas, and the subject is, She opened me up mentally and physically. Hey, Ruby, me and my fiancé have been together for almost six years. Our wedding date is at the end of October, so both of us are excited. We are both switches, which broadens our horizons. Before we met, I was an occasional backdoor enthusiast, on the giving end and the receiving end if I was by myself. I never really told any of my previous girlfriends that I enjoy the pleasure of prostate stimulation. A few of them made it clear that guys enjoying butt play was definitely gay and they would end the relationship if I ever liked that stuff, so naturally I kept it a secret so they wouldn't dump me. Well, when I met my partner, I had the same mindset. Don't tell her you like backdoor play and definitely don't tell her you're into BDSM. I don't remember what happened, but somehow the conversation of S&M and fetishes popped up. I was sure to keep my desire a secret. She is beautiful, kind, jovial, extremely smart, and everything in between. I couldn't let anything ruin it. And then the most incredible thing happened. She asked me how I feel about, quote, butt stuff. Again, I was hesitant to answer because I was afraid of her reaction. So I simply said, I'm not sure if there's a right answer to see what that might entice. With a smile on her face, she replied with, you know, you can be honest with me, playing with the prostate feels good for guys. My mind slipped and I confessed to her, spilling the beans. I showed her a plastic storage container of toys and BDSM gear that I had collected for whatever the future held. I was expecting her to freak out and run away, but it was the exact opposite. In her words, she told me, quote, you unlocked the inner beast in me. <laughs> Not too long after, she asked me if I wanted a prostate massage. I was bashful when I said, I guess so. She looked at me and replied, You need to say it with confidence. It's okay. Now tell me that you would like a prostate massage. She was trying to get me to open up and be confident in my pleasure. My first prostate pleasure with her was absolute bliss. She hit the spot flawlessly and I came like a raging waterfall. I knew on top of her being an amazing woman that she was definitely a keeper for life. We went from just prostate stimulation to full-on plugs, dildos, and even got her a purple harness, which is her favorite color. 
Her favorite toy is the double-ended dildo, which she absolutely loves. She goes from a sweet angel to a deviant and perverted succubus in the blink of an eye. (laughs) As she puts it, you're going to be my little bitch tonight. Recently, I purchased a jar of Nuru massage powder to make Nuru gel. We love mutual body massages. She uses that to her advantage. We have towels and also a vinyl bedsheet, depending on the messiness. Although our work schedules have been very conflicting the past year or two, and we haven't had time to plan scenes, she has constantly assured me that our kink life will always be there. I love her spirit her curvy body, her tenacity, and pretty much everything about her. We can't wait to spend the rest of our lives together and living the best alternative lifestyle. Now I just need to tell her that I have a medical kink, which I'm sure she will bring it out of me eventually. I appreciate your blogs, podcasts, and Instagram posts. You really help bring pegging and backdoor play to a big audience. And it's refreshing to know that you're an advocate for fantastic men's pleasure. Thank you so much. Always, Ruby. Best wishes and more to come. Nicholas and Madeline. (laughs) That was an awesome letter. I so enjoy hearing about stories where not only is it totally okay with the giver, it's actually their idea. I love that because so often it's the other way around and there is so much fear and concern and um, what's the word for it? Trepidation, that's the word, about sharing those types of sexual preferences with a new partner. That's always scary. I mean, you know, I can sit here on my podcast all day long or write articles about it and say, well, hey, if you scare somebody away, they weren't the partner for you. But it's not that simple. And we all know that, especially when you scare them away because of missing misconceptions and they have that knee-jerk response and freak out and go, hey, you're gay and walk away. I mean, oof, yikes, like your first few partners that you described, right? When there's lots of stuff that works between two people, I get that it's difficult to go there and share your sexual preferences and desires and your fun stuff you like to play with. I'm happy for you that you have a partner that approached you with it and made it easy on you. And I especially appreciated her telling you, you have to ask for this with confidence. You have to say this with confidence. Kind of like, you know, you have to own this dude. Yay. Yay for Madeline. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you both. Here's my next letter. Question. For background, we've been working up to pegging over the last two weeks. Last night I took my first dildo, an inch and a quarter wide, with very little movement to get used to the feeling and stretch. We're trying to be careful and not pushing to go too quickly. Anyway, this morning I am sore and constantly feel like I need to go to the restroom. Does this pass with time or just the cost of doing business? Are there any tips to help after a play session? Personally, I'm not sure if I could handle the full pegging experience without walking like a duck the next day. I keep reading a lot on prep for anal slash pegging and aftercare for BDSM, but I'm not seeing much on taking care of your bottom. Thanks. Okay, sir. So this is not a usual reaction to anal play, but I understand it does happen to some. There's a lot of possibilities as to why this might have happened. 
Uh, it could be that the lube that you use has something in it that you are reacting to, so it makes that tissue sore. To test that out, just try using coconut oil next time because there's pretty much nothing in there that anybody's going to be allergic to unless you're allergic to coconuts. And that way you'll eliminate that possibility if you still have the reaction of being a little sore afterwards. A lot of it is just relaxation. One of the things that you can do when you're being penetrated with the toy is to push out like you're having a bowel movement, that exact same muscle movement like you're ha having a bowel movement because what happens there is that's a voluntary sphincter that you open up voluntarily when you have a bowel movement. But you need to also open it up when you are letting something in, just as much as you need to voluntarily open it when you're letting something out. See what I mean? It really helps the penetration. So that is something to keep in mind as well. I don't know what kind of toy you used. Even though you said there wasn't a lot of movement, if it has a type of surface that has any kind of texture, it's possible that the rubbing of that could have caused it. It's possible that the toy itself is not a good toy and you reacted to the chemicals in the toy. Make sure your toys are 100% silicone. And beyond that, go so slow that basically your partner's massaging your ass like one little step at a time. What do I mean by that? Here's an example. Maybe a little body massage first and then massage around the outside of the ass when you are laying there in a very comfortable position. And then maybe a little bit at a time in terms of inserting very small things, fingers, that kind of thing, until you feel that that area is relaxed. Other times it might have to do with your basic tension of your pelvic floor. That whole area of your body could be holding a tremendous amount of tension, making it very difficult to relax and also making a little bit of soreness because those muscles are holding so much tension. Think of it like a body massage, like maybe when you have really sore shoulders that are really tight and you get a pretty deep massage. Afterwards, sometimes those muscles are sore. So that's a possibility too. Typically, this is not the cost of doing business. Typically, this is something that you get past and then there's no feeling of like the soreness and especially the constant feeling like you need to go to the restroom. That should not be there. So if you continue to explore and you have gone through all of these different possibilities and corrected for them and you're still having this response, then I would check with a doctor. That's what I would do. It's possible you'll have hemorrhoids in there. Uh, lots of things are possible, clearly. But that's the order of things that I would try and solve this issue with. Hopefully you have gotten past this and are enjoying some lovely anal play by this time. <laughs> Thanks for the question. And now, guess what we have? Another pegging celebration time!
Thank you for helping us get into pegging. We have been married for 40 plus years and dabbled from time to time with my ass, but my awesome wife was never really into it. A couple of months ago, after several glasses of wine, we grabbed a small plug and it felt so good, I decided to explore pegging further and I found your website. I read a lot of information and we signed up for the advanced webinar. We ordered the proper toys. The old velvet cheap harness got tossed for an Aslan Jaguar. And we also got a strap on me silicone dildo that bends. We have had several incredibly happy hours. And yesterday was the first time my wife had an orgasm while fucking me. I have become so euphoric and exhilarated getting fucked that I can't explain how I feel. It is awesome. Thank you very much. And keep up the good work. And this is from Dan. <laughs> Yay, Dan. Wow. I'm so happy for you both. And you know what? I played the music because sometimes rediscovering pegging really needs that music too. You know, it's such a cause for celebration. Anytime in life you find something that gives you feelings of euphoria and exhilaration, <laughs> yeah, that qualifies for the music. Absolutely. <laughs> Congratulations, you two. Have fun. <laughs> Here's my next message. The subject is pegging in male chastity. Hi, Ruby. I've been a fan of pegging for the last 30 years or so. My wife, not so much, but occasionally willing. We have recently started exploring male chastity, and my wife is worried that it isn't safe to peg me while I'm locked. Any info or suggestions where she can get trustworthy advice? Okay, I'm not an expert on chastity. However, I do know a lot of practitioners who combine chastity and pegging. There is nothing that will damage you. I do have concerns regarding your prostate if you remain locked up too long. And I've talked about that many times on this podcast. I am a fan of making sure that that wonderful prosthetic fluid flows through your prostate often, mostly because there have been studies that show that men that masturbate more or, or have orgasms more often have less of a chance of getting prostate cancer. And I believe also BPH, which is benign prostatic hyperplasia, that swollen prostate. In other words, it's, it's you know, I want to say use it or lose it, but it's not really like that. It's more that, yes, this is good for you. Keep doing it. So having an orgasm is good. Having ejaculation is good. So the playfulness or whatever it is that you get out of combining chastity with pegging, and there's lots of things to get out of it, be reassured that this is not a dangerous thing, but indulging in long-term chastity without ejaculations, I would not advise because I'm a major fan of prostates and healthy prostates. <laughs> I am going to put a link to a piece of writing that I posted that came from one of my listeners. I was wondering aloud some years back about what is the deal with pegging and chastity, right? And this wonderful listener wrote a piece for me enumerating all of these different reasons why chastity can be really a cool thing with pegging. So I'll put that link in the show notes for you as well. Thanks for the question. 
And by the way, the only possibility of anything going wrong while you're locked is that it's really uncomfortable to try and get an erection while you're locked up. But many times during pegging, erections are not all of that functional anyway. But when you do get hard, it can be really uncomfortable for you because you're pressing against that cage. Pretty much that's it. And certainly that's not an unsafe situation. It's just rather uncomfortable for you. So yeah, you're good. Thanks again for the question. Here's my next letter. Ruby, let me begin by advising you I am a big fan and I have actually listened to all your podcasts. <laughs> by the way, I enjoy the new format of your podcast, still as informative as ever, yet with a more controversial orientation, if that makes sense. Concerning the image on podcast number 278, wow. <laughs> Love it, as I have a similar physical stature. Rare to come across images showing men who are more physically broad, larger, muscular, or maybe I'm not looking in the right places. Now, concerning the harness question, I wish to seek your professional opinion and expertise as not sure I wish to post it on the Reddit board. Of note, as mentioned below, I have looked on Entice Me and I'm not seeing any options. Here's the background. My wife's preferred harness is the Sport Sheets Sunrise Lace Corset. She personally chose this style of harness for its feminine orientation as she continues to have reservations or hesitation concerning pegging, but that is for another email. I looked on Entice Me and her sport sheet seems very similar to the plus size lace corset strap-on harness. It seems to fit above the pubic area. The issue she's running into. She desires more direct contact or stimulation in the pubic region, specifically over her clitoris. She believes, and I agree, she may enjoy pegging to a greater extent if she were to have some direct contact from the base of the dildo onto her clitoris and labia area with or without a bumper and or pocket for a bullet vibe. I should have prefaced we also have an Aslan Commando, which we use exclusively in conjunction with a Fun Factory Share Double, as the Aslan Commando design allows the bulb to be inserted with ease while the ring stabilizes the toy. The issue here is the Aslan is, in her opinion, too severe, masculine, butch, Pick the adjective of your choice. However, it is functional. I am torn as I love leather, for example, the design, and I'm a fan of leather chaps myself. Concerning her physical stature, while not a traditional BBW, she is five foot two and approximately 170 pounds, and like many postmenopausal women age 59, carries more in the belly and fupa and hip slash buttocks. As mentioned, I believe she would desire a harness with a more feminine orientation, however, with a fit that is more tactile. Maybe just my fantasy. I feel if she could achieve more physical pleasure from pegging beyond just my satisfaction, not complaining, she would potentially be more accepting and lose past baggage slash stereotypes. Pegging has its challenges. Thus the challenge. I assume she would not like the designs of rodeo boxer brief panty harness possibly. A ruched rear may be a nice design option, yet on the flip side, crotchless may be a nice option for access. Not necessarily concerned about ring size, as I assume that can be changed out. We use the following, as I cannot find measurements concerning the base. And then he's put a couple of links to a couple of different dildos. Any advice off the top of your head would be greatly appreciated. If you entice me as an option you would suggest, please let me know. Otherwise, we're in walking distance to the pleasure chest and can visit Babeland as well. Thank you again for all you do. And again, just off the top of your head as not a priority, and I do not wish you to spend time on such a question. 
And this is from Jay. Well, I'm spending some time on your question, Jay, because I read it on my podcast. (laughs) So first, let me address that. Yes, absolutely. Placing the base of the toy over the vulva area is ideal. I teach about this in my webinars too, that I consider that to be the ideal placement for pegging toys is that the base of the toy goes over the vulva because for two reasons. One is because if you're going to get any clitoral stimulation, that's where it's got to be. And also because if the base of that toy rides higher, then basically where it is, is it's over the pubic bone. And that's not a good thing because people end up with bruised pubic bones. That can put givers off of pegging forever if they try that. And unfortunately, so many of the cheap harnesses are designed so that the base of the toy is way high up and it goes over the pubic bone and it's uncomfortable. And that is why probably the bumper, which is a wonderful slip on silicone padding that goes over the base of the toy is so popular, partly because it feels wonderful, period, to have that to sort of grind against this lovely, soft, nubbly silicone surface. So there is a small contingent or a small percentage, I don't know, whatever way you want to phrase it, of givers who prefer to wear it higher because they feel like they have more control over the toy. But I think that the vast majority of time, the reason that givers wear it higher is because of those cheap harnesses with holes that are way too high, whether they are fabric or leather. So harnesses that I consider to be really good harnesses are the ones that have the hole for the toy way far down so that the base of the toy sits over the vulva. And the vulva is where the opening of the vagina is, the vaginal lips, the clitoris, all of that area there. That's what I look for in a good harness. And I can tell just by looking that some of them are way, way, way too high. So there's that. Um, The challenge being that when you have a harness, especially a leather harness, that is situated like that, the design of it needs to be good so that I'm hesitating and laughing here. I got a couple of dogs in my room where I'm recording this. It's raining outside. It's been raining for days, which is lovely in California, but the doggies outside in the rain is a little too cold, so they're hanging out inside, so they're playing. If you hear noise in the background, that's the deal. I'm not going to keep stopping and trying to quiet down the dogs while they play. So, okay, back to the point here. This is why I recommend harnesses that have the hole lower and with the leather ones that can be a challenge just because if you have like the commando, just four straps that attach, you've got to have that strap at the top to give it stability. So, okay, she thinks it's a little too severe for the commando. The very first harness that comes to mind is the spare parts Sasha because that has removable garters very feminine, ruched back, you know, it's not leather like you really will want, but <laughs> that is one of the best harnesses for that lovely large booty and big fupa type of body because it contains all that loveliness and keeps it out of the way in case it interferes with penetration. But it also just looks sexy as hell. Oh my gosh. And I think she'd be quite happy with that. So the spare parts Sasha is one that I would highly recommend. One of the things to consider with a fabric harness though is you do not have interchangeable O-ring. Now, 
I've looked at both of the toys that you have, and they will both fit in the O-ring size for spare parts harnesses, no problem at all. I believe the upper end of girth for all spare parts harnesses is either two or two and a quarter. If you do explore up to two or two and a quarter, one of the things I recommend to try and preserve the fabric that goes over that sewn-in O-ring is what's called the plastic bag hack. And just envision this in your mind, if you will, okay? The point being here, if you use really wide toys and you love toys and you're at the upper end of pushing that toy through that O-ring, there's a fair amount of stretch. But if you do this repeatedly, <laughs> depending on how much you do the pegging or how long you have the harness, then it can have some wear and tear on the fabric that's covering up the O-ring. So what you do is you take a Ziploc baggie, like a pretty good size one that's going to allow you to put the whole dildo in there or the va or most of it. It, right and then you put it into one corner of it right the head of it goes into one corner and then you stretch it down over the dildo and right before the base of the dildo you cut off the bag so you cut it off at an angle so it's kind of like a triangle if you will and it just goes down to the base of it then what happens is you keep the bag on it right and you push it through the hole from the back because that's how you insert the dildos in these spare parts harnesses and it slides in just slicker than anything and then you can just pull the plastic bag off because there's nothing there to prevent that it really helps with the wear and tear so i'm going to put a link to the video that explains that i mean i've explained it pretty clearly just with words if you can imagine it but sometimes it's really helpful to have a video as well so if you decide to go bigger than the toys that you have now, because uh, I believe the biggest girth I saw on the couple of toys was 1.75. So that's totally workable, okay, is with the toys. But the O-ring is not something that can be changed out with a fabric harness. I'm also going to put a link in there for a company called Dirty Darlings. They're on Etsy and they have some harnesses that are leather and they do look a bit more feminine. They have some brocade work on them and that is something that your wife might prefer. Maybe it will serve you both well in terms of being just feminine enough for her to not think it's too severe and it has the leather. <laughs> so there you go. I'll put links to those options in the show notes and there you have it. You sent me this some time ago. It's quite possible you've already gone shopping, but you know, there's the answer to your question kind of off the top of my head and on my podcast. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Here is something somebody sent me that's very short and it just made me smile and laugh. So I thought I'd share it with you. A few nights ago, my wife pegged me hard. We've been at it for a few years. That time was over the top and shame and hesitation melted away from me. Love you and what you have done for us. Face down, ass up. <laughs> I love that. Face down, ass up. That is precious. <laughs> All right. We're going to leave it there for now. I hope you've enjoyed this last podcast of 2021. May all of us have a lovely, lovely 2022 with hopefully less challenges, more joys, Lots of love, smiles, laughter, goals met, creative inspirations. You know, there's so many things I could keep saying here, but be good to yourselves. Take care of yourselves and have a very happy new year. 
My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream them directly from my website. The follow tabs have links for you to subscribe to my blog, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, Reddit, and TikTok. When you order exciting new toys from Entice Me, please remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping. Send your questions to Ruby at peggingparadise.com. No question is too different, too dumb, or too dramatic. (laughs) My listeners are going to learn along with you, so please don't hesitate. Throw those questions in my mailbox, or you can record your question on the voice app of your phone and send it to me. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. You rock. Happy pegging and no shame.